This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Danny Mac Podcast. I'm the Mac part. You're a part of the Bet Rivers Broadcast Network. The podcast drops every Monday morning and then again Thursdays. Glad you've decided to make me a part of your morning or afternoon, evening, whenever you're getting to this. And I've got a lot of Bears thoughts after yesterday's loss to the Eagles. And it is getting to be a, a battle cry that is so tired. The record that has been played over and over and over again in Chicago. You got to get your quarterback some help. Man, this offseason. This upcoming offseason for Ryan Poles, the Bears' then second-year general manager, he has got so many needs, and wide receiver just continues to be exposed as one of them. Equinemius St. Brown goes down with an injury yesterday, and all of a sudden, that's the first time he caught the ball. It was on a third and 10 on the Bears' first series, and he converts it, and he's whipped down rudely, suffers a concussion, and he, he's out for the game, and you're thinking, oh, my God, we'll perish without Equinemius St. Brown because they don't have Nikhil Harry healthy either. They are so thin at wide receiver, and there's a rookie who was drafted primarily for special teams, but he's getting a chance to play wide receiver. He ain't going to get it much longer, and that's Valus Jones, because he fumbled yesterday, and Matt Eberflus said he is sick of it. Not in those words. He said, I didn't like it very curtly. And um, if you recall earlier in the season, Jones, the third ground pick out of Tennessee, uh, co-special teams player of the year last year in the Southeast Conference, had trouble fielding punts earlier in the year and had a couple of muffed punts that went the other way. And he fumbled it away again yesterday on a day when Justin Fields doesn't throw any interceptions. Of course, he only threw 21 passes. But that's the Bears' way. Philadelphia wins the game 25-20. to The Eagles better their record to 13-1. and They still have not clinched the NFC East, but they have clinched a playoff spot. The Bears, with the loss, their seventh straight, fall to 3-11 and on the season. The good news, that earns the Bears the number two position in the draft as we sit today. That's where the Bears are picking. Now, there's going to be a stud there at number two, or you trade it down. Should you stay there? The Bears are going to be top three or four regardless. I don't think that anybody is going to get in their way down the stretch, in case you haven't heard yet, Buffalo is the opponent for Week 16. But 
as bad as Philadelphia showed up yesterday, as bad as the Eagles were in the first half, they still took a lead into the dressing room. And that is where the problems continue to go for the Bears when they don't take advantage of drives that are successful. Their first drive of the game, and it wasn't without consternation. There were two false start penalties on that first drive. And then you have the nice third down conversion on third and 10 to St. Brown on fourth and two fields rolls to his right. And Dante Pettis is past the sticks and he turns him around on an out route. Pettis can't come up with the football and you turn it over on downs after a nice 10 play drive. That's why Justin Fields has to play Bears fans. That's why you don't put him in bubble wrap and save him for next year. You got to make those easy throws. That's the worst throw he's made in a long time. That was that was as completable as the touchdown pass against Washington on the Thursday night game earlier in the year when he overthrew the tight end, who had one of the false start penalties yesterday, not Cole Komet, that goofball 84. Who needs to get in a weight room? Hertz wasn't good at all in the first half yesterday, and the Bears still give him the lead into the locker room. That, that quarterback draw that he ran for a touchdown was just unbelievably there for Philadelphia. And you learn after afterward, Eberflus is happy to, to point the finger and talk about which safety was not in his gap and the coaches have to be gathered. We're in a partnership. We're got to be coaching this stuff better. Yeah, you do. There's reasons to be encouraged by the Bears secondary uh, without Eddie Jackson. Brisker and Gordon, the 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 two rookies, both back from concussion issues yesterday, played all right. Jalen Johnson, believe it or not, played all right. I'll get to him in just a little bit. But I, I've been among those wondering if Kyler Gordon is really good or just the last line of defense, and that's why he's always around the ball. It seems like Gordon is near the football regularly. They've asked him to do way too much for a rookie because they've had injuries at the position. Gordon was forced into duty early on. He looked like a rookie. You'll look like a rookie if you're playing slot corner or corner in the NFL. But he had a nice day yesterday, and he he could thank Jalen Hurts for his interception because that was one of the worst balls I've seen Hurts throw all season. That was just terrible. DeAndre Houston Carson also was the beneficiary of a terrible throw from Hurts. Hertz is the MVP. And, you know, the great players can play like shit and still win games. That's what he did yesterday. Uh, he still managed to throw for more than 300 yards, even though none of them were touchdown passes. He ran for three instead. Uh, he very effective as, as a runner, in case you didn't know. And I, I don't think hurt his chances at winning the MVP yesterday because he managed to win a game. They didn't cover the spread, and I bet Philadelphia yesterday they didn't win impressively, but they played a lousy game and still managed to win, and that's what teams have to do every week 
in this NFL. Look at how every almost every game yesterday was decided by one possession. Nine of the 11 games were one possession games. Only the Bengals and the lowly Broncos beat their opponents by more than one possession. Bengals over the Buccaneers, 34-23. to 23. I'll get to Tom Brady's last season in just a little bit. And uh, the Broncos beat the Arizona Cardinals, 24-15. to 15. Those are the only games not decided by one possession. And most of us thought the Bears wouldn't be able to stop Philadelphia's running game. The Eagles didn't really hurt them much on the ground. Miles Sanders only carried the ball 11 times for 42 yards with a long run of 18. Hertz's long run was 22 yards. He rushed 17 times for 61 yards. Fields, as a passer, so-so yesterday. Did not get intercepted. Two touchdown passes. More effective as a runner. 15 carries for 95 yards. A long of 39. All of us thought he had a touchdown. And you see on the replay, he went out of bounds. But there's a bigger story beginning to emerge about the Bears' second-year quarterback. I need to I need to do some investigating to to talk with some athletes who played the game at this level this week, and ask them about the need for intravenous fluids every time out. Fields was cramping yesterday when he left and exited for the locker room after grabbing his left leg. And I love Moose Johnson. I don't want to speculate, but it looks like a hamstring. Okay. It's okay to speculate on an injury when a guy is grabbing that part of his body. Uh, You wouldn't speculate it's a concussion if he's grabbing his upper thigh, but I thought it was an upper hamstring as well, which is the worst place to do a hamstring. If you want to do a hamstring, well, you'd never want to, but if you were, you know, you could choose between the two, you would take a lower hamstring pull than an upper. The tendon is much thicker uh, up near the buttocks. So, you, um, just, that's what I thought it was. And he's got to get fluid. He's dehydrated. He's cramping this. I, I've not heard much about this and don't say, well, how could he be cramping in cold weather? How could he be dehydrated? Your body works just as hard in cold weather as it does in, in hot weather. That's not part of it, but I've not heard of players consistently needing intravenous fluids to participate. And the Bears need to monitor that. If that's the case, if there is something physically that's wrong with Fields where that's required, then they need to keep a better eye on it because you can't have him be limping off the field and trot out Nathan Peterman in the second half of a game that's you're, you're trailing, what, 17 to 13, I think, at the time of the uh, what we thought was an injury, and it was just cramping. But the Bears' defense yesterday was given a lot of accolades for keeping the Eagles in check, and I'm not so sure it's deserving of all of that. Yeah, they shut down the run to a large degree, but the run after the catch, uh, it it was significant yesterday. Both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith of the Eagles had monster days And both had a lot of success after the catch. And Jalen Johnson, who left with an injury, the third-year corner from Utah, who I've been riding this year quite a bit, primarily because of what he said during training camp, 
that he's among the best corners in the league and the best corners don't get stats because no one throws their way, which is not necessarily true. His point has some merit. That aside, yesterday, the Bears moved him everywhere A.J. Brown went. And he got those targets yesterday. 16 times hurts through to A.J. Brown, the former Tennessee Titan. What a monster target. What a great, thick upper body who's strong. He caught nine balls for 181 yards yesterday. He's among the best in the game. He's a top 10 receiver. I'm not ready to go top five just yet. Maybe flirting with that. But he's a real good receiver. So, And real good receivers are going to get their catches and yards. But if you're calling yourself one of the best in the game, you didn't show it yesterday. That said, I thought he did okay. He did okay. That's that's as far as I'm willing to go. Now, I heard Patrick Manley yesterday on the radio in pregame, the former Bears center on the score, talking about how he needs to see more out of Kyler Gordon. He wants to see Kyler Gordon start making a much bigger impact. And then Gordon went out and did it. And I I, I felt the same way. I also had been underwhelmed by Gordon. He can thank Hertz for the pick. That was a gift. But uh, nonetheless, he's around the ball a lot, and I, I give him I give him some credit. Um, the Bears' offensive line remains an enormous problem with this team. They couldn't block Philadelphia's pass rush to save their lives, and it didn't matter where. You could take your pick on that Bears offensive line. Maybe the best of the bunch was the rookie, Braxton Jones, the left tackle. Hassan Reddick, when he was lined up over Bears right tackles, he destroyed them. Riley Reef, Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood does not look like an NFL player to me. You you can't block the best pass rushers in the game when you don't move your feet. It's like the old Scott Skiles line about Eddie Curry. How does he become a better rebounder? Jump. How does how does Alex Leatherwood become a better pass rusher? Move his feet. Move your effing feet. That said, Reddick's motor was just charged yesterday. He was all over the field wreaking havoc and almost getting fields on his long gainer that almost went for a touchdown, the one where he ran 39 yards and stepped out at the nine. We thought it was a touchdown at the time. Most of us did. Javon Hargrave or Javon Hargrave, as I've heard it pronounced as well, also had a couple of sacks yesterday. He destroyed Cody Whitehair. He just ate his stuff. Man, Josh Sweat, a couple of sacks for Philadelphia, six sacks, six sacks for the Eagles defense, uh, which brings the Bears net passing yards down. Are you ready for this? To 91. And there still are people who want the quarterback shut down for the rest of the year or to get him out of games when he's gimpy. 14 of 21 for 152. Two TDs, no interceptions, sacked six times. One of them his fault. Fields is still learning. He's got to get rid of the ball. When nobody is open and there's nowhere to go, get rid of the football. He's gotten better, but he still has some room 
to improve. But back to that Bears offensive line, which suffered a huge blow first series of the game when Tevin Jenkins went down. He's been the only consistently good one this year. I would I would say Braxton Jones had a, a passable first year. Fine. Bring him back next year feeling good about what he learned as a first-year player. But uh, after Jones and Jenkins, they're all a bunch of stiffs. And Jenkins left with a neck injury that looked really serious. He was released from the hospital, and the Bears are optimistic he's going to be okay. But uh, some of the clown bags they've thrown out this year, like Reef and Leatherwood and Michael Schofield yesterday. Mike, I'm sorry, Michael Schofield the third because he needs to let everybody know he's the third. The nine-year veteran out of Michigan, the Bears are his fourth team, his fifth stop in the NFL because he's been a Charger twice. That's your answer right now. As much as this team needs help at wide receiver, and that's where you go first, as much as it needs a pass rusher, one sack again yesterday, just one sack yesterday. They can't get to the quarterback. You still got to draft offensive linemen. That's where I was going. You still need to find guys who are going to be better in protection. Your quarterback's going to get killed. You're not going to knock people off the ball. Yes, you have, you're have. you the number one running team in the league. Is that because you just line up, step play side, and mash the crap out of people? Or is it because your quarterback makes amazing things happen? Justin Fields is Devin Hester. I, I mean, he, in the open field, he is as exciting as anybody who's ever played for the Bears in my lifetime who I remember when they were good. I don't remember good Gale Sayers. Fields, Hester, with the ball in their hands, they stand alone in terms of excitement level. But when the Bears had another exciting player named Walter Payton, they had offensive linemen who could just knock the snot out of people and they could control the clock in a very controlled atmosphere and not be so reliant on splash plays from an exciting quarterback. You got to get better on the offensive line. And here's one of the worst things that happened Sunday from a Bears perspective. You got to add place kicker to your list of off-season needs. I am not going to barbecue Matt Eberflus, who in the spur of the moment made the decision to punt from the Philadelphia 31. There was a crazy reaction in social media yesterday. People calling for the head of the head coach. Fire Matt Eberflus. He's punting from the Philly 31. It's stupid to do that. I agree. But what we learned was His place kicker, Cairo Santos, didn't trust himself kicking a 47-yard field goal in the wind. And something Fox did very well yesterday was when they came back from the break, they showed Santos flipping some blades of grass in the air that were blowing back toward him and kind of giving the the little like mini at the hands at the side jazz hands like, no, the wind's too strong. I don't know about that. He had no confidence. He told his head coach, I can't make this. Or at the minimum, I have no confidence trying to kick a 47-yard field goal in the wind. Can you imagine Robbie Gold doing that? Can you imagine Justin Tucker of the Bengals or Evan McPherson? I'm sorry, Justin Tucker of the Ravens, Evan McPherson of the Bengals. 
There are some kickers in this league. You run out there from 60 yards on a good day and not even think about it. Those are guys you wouldn't think about. Hey, you think you can do this in the wind from 47? Justin Tucker, Greg Zerline, you think you could do They sent Zerline out for a 58-yarder trying to win it yesterday, did the Jets. Didn't make it, but they sent him out there for it. I think he had enough distance. I think he was wide left. But, uh, man, I can't believe the kicker says, don't put me out there. I can't kick it from 47 yards. What a man, you got a part company with Santos who missed another PAT yesterday early. He has been bad at PATs this year. You got to find a new kicker just like you did in 2018 after the Cody Parkey experience. Remember that magical Matt Nagy year of 2018? The Bears went 12 and 4. Khalil Mack had been freshly traded uh, from the Raiders to the Bears. And they opened the year in such exciting fashion, even though they lost at Green Bay on that Sunday night game. They win the division. Nagy is coach of the year. But in that playoff loss to Philadelphia, Cody Parkey had the double doink. And what ensued in the offseason was mayhem. The week that followed, well, I should say the first few days that followed that loss were so overdriven by kicker conversation. There was almost no conversation about how bad Mitch Trubisky was for the first three quarters of that game. Everybody wanted to barbecue the kicker, and the kicker made it worse by appearing on a national television talk show. Good Morning America, I think Cody Parkey appeared, and that offended all the sensibilities of his teammates and Bears fans and Bears coaches, and off with his head was the mentality at the time. I think the Bears invited, what, eight kickers to camp that year? Matt Nagy, he got eight kicking nuts in Bourbonnais when they trained in Bourbonnais still. They don't do that anymore. The Eagles were 9 of 16 on third down yesterday. The Bears only 5 of 13 on third down. The Eagles were penalized twice all day. The Bears had two false start penalties on their first drive. That's the difference between good teams and bad teams. And the Eagles, I think it's fair to say they are a great team at 13-1. and I dare you to take anybody but Philly or San Francisco to come out of the NFC and play in Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, February 12th. I am all over those two teams. The rest of them, not right now. And the Cowboys proved it yesterday. Let me get to the rest of the league. I'm pretty sure that's all I wanted to do on the bell. No, I do have a Jack Sanborn thought. This is the, this is a tough one yesterday. Jack Sanborn, the undrafted free agent, rookie out of Wisconsin, a local kid from Lake Zurich, Gets his first opportunity to start in the middle of November. It was not long after after Roquan Smith was traded to the Ravens. Number 57 emerges in pretty much every week. He's been the Bears' leading tackler. It's been longer than mid-November, too, since he's been starting. But he's been a guy who has earned the affection of Bears fans and and I think the respect of the coaching staff. It looks like he's an NFL player. He got sucked in real bad yesterday on a big gainer for Philadelphia when he bit on an inside fake 
and Hertz decided to pull back and go to his left, uh, similar to the way the Giants beat the Bears earlier this year when they were sneaking Saquon Barkley. Uh, the Eagles saw that. They did the same thing with Miles Sanders yesterday. But uh, Sanborn left with a with a bad ankle, and it didn't look good. You got to root for a guy who's just, uh, you know, highly regarded high school player in the northern suburbs, northwest suburbs, but, uh, you know, plays at Wisconsin, isn't drafted, and in his first year, he gets an opportunity to play play inside linebacker for his hometown team. That's pretty damn cool. That's pretty cool. Hopefully, this kid is all right. I think he's going to be going to be a guy they look at. There's only five or six that probably will wind up back on this roster next year, or at least vying for starter spots. I'm talking about Bears defenders. I mentioned the Cowboys underwhelming yesterday. They clinch a playoff spot. As I buzz around the NFL for just a few minutes here, Cowboys had a 14 to nothing lead and then blew it to the Jaguars. Jaguars 40, Cowboys 34. Nonetheless, Dallas gets a playoff spot and Jacksonville stays alive as a possible wild card. They have going in their favor a very lousy division, and I'll get to the Titans, who still lead it in just a little bit. It was Bengals over the Buccaneers yesterday, 34-23. to Never in Tom Brady's career had he squandered a 17-point lead at home and lost the game. This was his 90th opportunity, first time he's come up uh, a loser after leading by 17 or more at home. The Bengals now grab control of the lead in the AFC North because the Ravens were losers on Saturday. Without Lamar Jackson, Baltimore had nothing and lost to Cleveland 13-3. to So the Buccaneers continue to swan dive offensively, yet 6-8 and eight still gives them the lead in the NFC South. The Panthers failed to take advantage of that Buccaneers loss yesterday. They fell to 5 and 9 losing to the Steelers 24 to 16. One of my favorite games yesterday was the Jets and the Lions. The Jets hosting the Lions, New York trying to snap a two-game losing streak early in the game. Philadelphia, I'm sorry, the, the Lions go the length of the field. They have a nice long drive, their opening drive. Uh, but at first and goal at the four and a half yard line, Detroit calls four consecutive inside runs and surrenders the ball on downs. Instead of taking the field goal, Dan Campbell decides to go for it. They call another inside run. It's blown up and the Jets get possession at their own one yard line. We're a take-the-points family at my house. I probably would have kicked it there. What happened on the back end, though, was Detroit's defense answered the bell. They surrendered nothing to the Jets, who were forced to punt from their own one, and on a very near miss of a of a blocked punt with an 11-yard snap, the Lions take the punt to the, touch, uh, to the end zone for a touchdown. That gives them... Uh, an early lead, Jared Goff, some heroics late. Jared Goff is playing with poise. I didn't think he had uh, another run in him. You say a run. He was good as a young player, went to a Super Bowl as a young player, then fell apart. I didn't think they'd get him back to being 
a really good football player again, but they keep heat off of him usually. Usually they protect him. The Lions have three first-round draft picks. They have worked their way up to 7-7. Seven and seven. And he's not my first choice for coach of the year, but if I had votes, I would have Dan Campbell on my ballot. This is a team that was 1-6. They're 7-7 seven and seven now. And they are sniffing for the postseason. They don't have it. They, along with the Seattle, are 7-7 seven and seven on the outside looking in, but that could change because there's more NFC East fallout yet to come. Another bad team leading a division, the Tennessee Titans, 7-7 seven and seven now after coming up short against the Chargers yesterday, 17-14. to 14. Uh, The Chargers cementing their place in the wild card picture. Tennessee hoping they can stave off rallying Jacksonville right behind them in the division at 6-8. and eight. The dumbest thing you'll see this year happened in the Patriots-Raiders game Sunday. The game is going to go to overtime, but the Patriots, for some reason, feel this need to pull off a last-second lateral miracle uh, to score or they lose. Well, one mistake leads to the next, and they're throwing the ball backwards, and they happen to throw it backwards where it's caught by Chandler Jones of the Raiders, who immediately knocks Patriots quarterback Mac Jones to the ground and runs into the end zone for a walk-off defensive touchdown. Raiders 30, Patriots 24. Those are two really scuffling football teams. They, they you know, they they've got some skills at, at at certain spots. Devontae Adams is still a stud and Josh Jacobs has been a good player this year for the Raiders. They have an underrated defense, but Derek Carr and Mac Jones, I'm not a I'm not a Mac Jones guy just yet, but those are teams that find ways to lose more than they find ways to win. A game you probably didn't watch yesterday, unless you're a fan of the Chiefs or the Texans, was Kansas City and Houston. I had a monitor for it just because it had been a while since I've seen the Chiefs play. And uh, other than national games, I don't usually sign up for their punching bags. And in that division, they have a few. Um, That was one of the more nasty games I've seen this year. I, I, the Chiefs managed to win it. They, they struggled again. Kansas City plays down to its level of opponent consistently. Kansas City 30, the Texans 24, Chiefs 11 and 3. They are the AFC West champs. They are a threat to win the Super Bowl. I, I believe that. I, I don't worry about these little hiccups along the way. There were helmets ripped off yesterday of players, including Patrick Mahomes, tackles up around the head. There were hits out of bounds. There was helmet-to-helmet contact yesterday, some of it incidental, some of it not, some of it called, some of it not. The podcast executive producer, Sam Michaels, Sam Michael, furious, with Carl Cheffer's crew yesterday, throw more flags. Uh, and Sam's an official. And you know how guys who are in the uh, officiating fraternity don't like to point fingers at the other, whether he's an official at the amateur level, talking about the pros or not. You like to protect those guys who are in your adjudicating community. 
Well, not Sam yesterday. That was a wild-ass game. That was a physical game. And, you know, you don't know much about Isaiah Pacheco just yet. Number 10, the little running back for Kansas City. That's one tough son of a bitch. I like watching that dude play. The Saints beat the Eagles Sunday 21-18. to Both teams are 5-9. and I don't think anything more needs to be said about that. The Broncos won for the fourth time this year, and the Bears are happy they did because the Bears have the second pick in the draft right now. It was Denver 24, Arizona 15. The Cardinals are 4-10. and 10. Does Cliff Kingsbury return? I, it's tough for me to say if I were in the position of the Arizona ownership group that I would bring him back. I, I, I think it's probably time for a change. You ask yourself at some point, how long do we want to keep changing coaches? How long do we want to keep paying for coaches once we've signed them and fired them? You might recall Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach of the Panthers, was the coach of Arizona for one year. They popped him because they decided they couldn't live without Kingsbury. I I don't think you bring him back. I, I don't think his... His offense, and he and Kyler Murray are not on the same page. I know they had the six-game DeAndre uh, Hopkins suspension early in the year, but uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't sign off on on bringing him back. I, I say no to that. Sunday night football. It's unfortunate officiating swings, uh, swings the outcome of this thing to some degree. Uh, The Washington Commanders were threatening to tie the game late. Terry McLaurin was called for illegal formation on what would have been a short touchdown run by Brian Robinson. McLaurin said after the game, I signaled to the official. The official acknowledged. And you look at the video, you you do see McLaurin signal to the official, giving him the thumbs up. Am I lined up? You can't hear the official say, yes, you are. But it's an official's responsibility to to tell a player, to confirm. And I, I'm going to take McLaurin's word for it. Mysteriously, they're flagged for illegal formation. Two plays later, there's no pass interference call in the end zone when Curtis Samuel, the Washington receiver, was mugged by the Giants defender. After the game, Taylor Heineke was asked about it. He said, oh, you're talking about the play that would have tied the game. Yeah, that dude had his arm around his neck. I think it was pass interference. Young Taylor Heineke probably going to hear from the uh, league's dean of discipline this week about uh, commenting on officiating. That's a tough loss for Washington, which has the seven seed right now in the NFC at seven, six, and one. All four teams in the NFC are playoff seeds right now. Here's how it looks in the NFC Philadelphia atop at 13 and one. The Vikings, after their North Championship, their, their big win over Indy, trailing 33 to nothing and setting an NFL record for comeback, 11 and three. The number two seed in the NFC, the 49ers clinched the West with their win the other night, uh, Thursday night. They're 10 and four. Tampa leads the South at six and eight, which gives them the four seed. Dallas is in at 10 and four, and that's the five seed. And the Giants and Washington are right now sixth and seventh, respectively. Giants eight, five and one. Commanders seven, six and one. 
The Seahawks and Lions both sitting back at seven and seven possible wild cards in the AFC. Buffalo leads the AFC East 11 and three. They have the one seed. The Chiefs, West Champs, the number two seed at 11 and three. Cincinnati rising, winning week after week, now leads the North because the, uh, the Ravens couldn't beat the Browns. The Titans, seven and seven, leading the South, have the four seed. And five, six, seven, Baltimore, Los Angeles Chargers, and the slumping Miami Dolphins. Played hard in the snow the other night against the uh, Bills, but uh, no Dairy Queen in this NFL. So that's how it shakes out in the uh, AFC with the Patriots and Jets both at 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, yeah, and a partner of mine asked me if you, my partner on my terrestrial show, Vandy, say, "Wow, can you not have either New York team in your uh, your your top ten power rankings?" This is maybe five weeks ago, and I said, "Talk to me in middle of December. Tell me, tell me where the Jets and Giants are in the middle of the December." And I was wrong on the Giants. They've continued to play well. They're eight five and one. And they are going to the playoffs, it appears, at this point. But that's not a lock just yet. There are other division games, and they have to uh, they have to see Dallas one more time. It'll be the Rams and Packers to punctuate Week 15 tonight. I'm going nowhere near the game. I lost just a little bit on Sunday. I'm content to lick my wounds and live to fight another day. Bears and Bills, on the other hand, Buffalo only a nine-point favorite. I said that when I looked at the Eagles thing earlier last week, too, and that line just sat, never moved all week, and Philly failed to cover. I find it weird the Chicago-Buffalo total is as low as it is. It's 40-and-a-half, and I know it's going to be cold, but, God, you got to think just based on what the Bears – do on a typical day now these last few weeks, they will score something. And when I say few weeks, I probably am not speaking around. For the last few months, they've put points on the board. They just can't stop anybody consistently. Although they had a good first half yesterday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Bills at Soldier Field. I, uh, I'm i going to take them in that game. That's my early call for Week 16. I'll be back on Thursday. Thank you so very much for listening. Adam Delavitt, Baby Capone, is the big boss man at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network and thanking Chiefs boy Sam Michael for producing the show. I'm back on Thursday. Have a great next few days. I'm Danny Mack, and I'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mack Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 